Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Hot Air Weather Podcast. We are recording on August 23rd in the evening. I'm Greg Perkins. I'm joined today by Dave Kleckner. Say hi, Dave. Hey, Greg. How are you tonight? Pretty good. Uh, anyway, it's here. We're here. We talk about the weather. We're full of hot air and and we make terrible, awful jokes. And that's about all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately, um, this is so a we are we situation are, anymore, is it? No, this is this is not a humor heavy podcast. Uh, we are here tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about two tropical systems that are set to impact the uh, the U.S. Gulf Coast within the next uh, within the next uh, well one to four days or so. Um, so I wanted to uh, start off talking about uh, Hurricane Marco, which was upgraded to Hurricane Strength today. Um, so, Dave, what I want to do is I'm gonna I'm gonna go through the latest National Hurricane Center update, and then we'll we'll pivot to you for uh, for more technical discussion. Okay. So, uh, Hurricane Marco public advisory that came out uh, at 7 p.m. Central today. Uh, let's see, maximum sustained winds 75 miles an hour. Present movement is north-northwest at around 13 miles an hour. Minimum central pressure 991 millibars. Uh, that's from the uh, uh, Hurricane Hunter planes that we had in there earlier today. Uh, in terms of hurricane watches and warnings for this, we're looking at impacts from the uh, Alabama, Mississippi into the Louisiana coastline. Uh, currently, hurricane warnings are centered around the Louisiana Delta area and New Orleans. Uh, we do expect that the track of this is going to be generally to the uh, northwest until it uh, approaches the coast, and then it's going to move more westerly and weaken to tropical storm strength by about 1 a.m. Tuesday. Um, Landfall is still kind of tricky with this one uh, due to factors that Dave will probably get into. Um, so that's that's the overview of uh, Marco, Dave. So why don't why don't you talk us through, uh, you know, the synoptic setup, what the models are saying, uh, whatever else you managed to dig up this afternoon? Okay, sure. Um, and and the biggest thing to keep in mind is a lot of the guidance. Uh, you know, we're still even now. A good 36 hours out on 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 this, uh, you know, 1 a.m. Tuesday, uh, potentially a grazing landfall, and then skirting along the coast. Um, the big complicating factor with this one, obviously, is tropical storm uh, at some point soon to be uh, Hurricane Laura. Um, but right now, um, again, as you said, Marco moving to the uh, north northwest, and so far it's been to a large extent behaving itself but uh as we get um as we start getting uh further on in the cycle as Laura gets a little bit closer um one of the big things we're going to be dealing with is uh is the uh, shear environment that it's going to be working in so um Marco is certainly a hurricane at the moment and probably will stay that way at least for about the next 30 hours but as it gets a little bit closer in and starts getting that interaction with the land and again the wild card the interaction with Laura that may uh, cut some of the uh, favorable environment for it and then we will see some weakening into uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Now 
you know, by weakening, yeah, that may be the wind threat, but there's still going to be uh, major threats uh, as, as far as precipitation and uh, certainly going to have to deal with a heavy rain and storm surge as this thing uh, begins to come uh, initially along the coast and, and then go in uh, over uh, portions of southeast Texas. Uh, again, you know, the wild card, normally as these things get around the uh, subtropical ridge, you start seeing them moving up uh, to the north and then eventually the northeast through the Mississippi and Ohio valleys. And this uh, current track, which has shown quite a bit of variability, um, it's going uh, right now, the latest projections to hug the Louisiana coast and then uh, to spin on shore into uh, Texas as at that point probably weakened uh, to a tropical depression. Now, that's a little bit further south now from this morning, which was looking at by Monday night uh, being on shore in Louisiana and then continuing more northwesterly. Now the latest tracks are showing um, a projection to be a lot more uh, to the westerlies. But uh, as you look at, at what... Uh, what are called the spaghetti models and what those are basically is you, you lay the various guidance uh, tracks all out on one map and you can do a time series looking at the morning guidance the afternoon guidance and uh, however many days back and it literally it looks like that just a bowl of spaghetti and and the tighter that uh, the tighter that bowl looks uh, the more confident, at least, that the uh, confidence that the computer models have a handle on it. Now, they can still go quite wrong, um, yeah, and that's why we look at as many as we do. But, again, the one thing that uh, that I notice over, uh, over um, Marco is that there is, by 24 hours, getting to be a good deal of variability, um, into where this is forecast either to come on shore uh to skate on shore and 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 that's going to be the big wild card that we've got to deal with with marco yeah definitely so so dave uh i have to confess has done a lot more prep for this than i have i uh, you know, Dave went and did his due, di due diligence and looked through all the models and I didn't have quite as much time today. So I cheated and I went to um, tropicaltidbits.com and watched Levi Cohen's video update from this evening. <laughs> um, and something interesting that uh, that he mentioned that I wanted to talk about was and, and you mentioned it as well. Um, you know, right now it looks like Marco is dealing with a lot of wind shear digging into the southwest quadrant of the storm. And that by the time this approaches the coast, um, that could eventually lead to uh, the circulation decoupling, which is also that weakening that's driving sort of this leftward, westward turn. Um, now, as, as you mentioned, after once once we get to that period, there's still quite a bit of uncertainty in the models. Um, how, how do you think uh, that is going to impact where we are at about, you know, this time tomorrow in terms of certainty. I think we'll see it improve, but do I, uh, you know, I, I don't have uh, the great deal of confidence. I think this one will be uh, quite variable up until the bitter end because of the interactions with uh, Laura, which uh, by this time tomorrow is still coming over the uh, western edge of Cuba. So uh, Laura hasn't really come into her own yet. 
and and that's going to be another wild card. How well the how well the guidance handles that, uh, the quality observations always uh, come into play at that point. And again, even by there, we're looking still. Um, uh, Laura's, while moving at a fairly good clip now, probably is going to slow down as it gets more into the interaction with Marco, as it gets around to the uh, back of the uh, upper level ridge and starts to want to recurve. So um, a lot of things that could happen still three plus days out with Laura are going to have an effect on what happens with Marco as soon as 30 to 36 hours out. Definitely. I mean, over the past, you know, four or five days, we've seen a, a ton of uncertainty in terms of the models. It's been all over the place. And I, I think that's probably uh, one contributing factor is is that we've got these two systems very close to each other interacting. Is that right? Oh, yeah, Ab absolutely. That That's the one factor uh, that we've got this time. It's it's rare, but we have had two tropicals over the Gulf at the same time before. Not often. Uh, certainly, we haven't had two full-blown hurricanes over the Gulf. I think that one will be a first. Um, there are certainly some rules that come into play as they start interacting. We see this often out um, out in the uh, western, out in the Pacific, uh, as you get near Asia, um, where it's uh, not at all uncommon to see multiple uh, typhoons coming up in, in a line. And when they do get too close, uh, it was uh, Dr. Fujiwara that uh, really kind of did a lot with the uh, uh, dealings with how they interact, again, mostly with uh, typhoons and that. The rules will work here uh, and uh, certainly come into play uh, how these two are going to react with each other. But again, we add the wild card out over the open Pacific. You don't have quite as much landmass that you're dealing with where you're dealing with uh, instead of an ocean, you're dealing kind of with the bathtub here in the uh, in, in the Gulf of Mexico, which creates all sorts of uh different wild cards with the uh, land-sea interaction over uh, Cuba for one, um, Mexico, the Yucatan Peninsula for another, and then as it gets approaching the uh, as it gets approaching the uh, U.S. Gulf Coast, you know, remember uh, Katrina was like, I believe, you know, it was a Cat Five out over the open waters, but actually came on shore because of that uh, land-sea interaction. It came on shore only as a Cat Three, and yeah, I use that word quite, quite loosely. Only, uh, you know, it was still quite a devastating storm because of all the other factors that came into play, coming on shore with the surge at high tide, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, definitely, and and I think I think we deserve a sound effect there because you said the word the word of the week Fujiwara effect um <laughs> I I mentioned that in the, in the bonus podcast we put out yesterday because weather Twitter has been on fire with Fujiwara effect uh this week can you can you give us uh you know maybe maybe a little bit of an explainer uh as to exactly what that is well it, it is kind of tough and yeah I've uh in terms of actually yeah yeah Twitter sphere gets uh gets a new we're not going to hear about bomb cycle for a while um, or polar no, vortex no, no, with this no. one but um, you know I actually uh, during my aviation forecasting days we did get to deal with this a little bit out uh, uh, out there with uh, 
uh, airline uh, activity around Asia and that. And basically, uh, basically, as the two storms get close and they will start to interact with each other, uh, a little bit difficult to, to explain, but um, it, uh, how can I best describe this? Um, basically, um, at least in the Pacific, the number is about 1,200 miles of one another um, where they'll start reacting. But again, we're not dealing with that. Um, certainly over the Gulf, we're not going to be anywhere near that distant. But uh, um, what happens then is as the two circulations uh, get closer, uh, they will tend in some ways to uh, start interacting with each other and in the extreme case, could actually merge uh, the two centers into one. I don't think that's going to obviously going to happen here because of the time. And one thing, you know, we've already seen, you know, the early forecasts for Laura were to be coming on shore almost, you know, Monday night or Tuesday, whammy, whammy, whammy. And we've seen that that's uh, being projected to slow down quite a bit. So, uh, you know, we're not going to have... Uh, you have a merger on this, but yeah, what can happen um, uh, where where we're seeing now where the one normally, uh, Marco, I would have expected to come up uh, through the uh, Mississippi Valley and then eventually up toward the um, Ohio Valley, we're seeing right now where with the proximity to Laura, the interaction, uh, it's getting shoved, uh, It's at least the projections at this point are to shove it off uh, more to the west. Oh, definitely. And I, I think that was a great explanation. We don't need to get into the, the scientific literature on it all and, and the numbers and equations. But basically, you know, we're looking at a situation where these things are, even though they're in very different parts of, you know, the ocean at the moment, they're close enough that, um, you know, the large scale circulations are impacting each other. And that's that's one of the other factors causing this to turn west. Um now, I, I, I did a little reading yesterday on the Fujiwara effect. Um, it, in, in addition to affecting the track of lows, it can also impact uh, strength, right? Yeah, it, it certainly can impact the strength. And I think we're seeing some of that, uh, you know, it's creating, you've got the shear, you've got the environmental aura um, that at some point is going to start robbing the environment uh, or, or at least causing the additional shear effects. Um, as far as Marco goes, and that's why you're seeing some of the weakening, uh, at least the projected weakening of Marco, um, added, added, of course, certainly the uh, land-sea interaction as well along the coast. But uh, yeah, in this case, I think what we're going to be seeing is where, as far as uh, Marco moving more westerly rather than essentially north-northwest, uh, um, you're also going to see... Um, see a little bit more weakening as Laura gets out into the more favorable, uh, takes over the more favorable environment. Definitely. Uh, I think that was a pretty, pretty good deep dive or good enough for tonight on, uh, on Marco and the Fujiwara effect. Uh, anything else we should be aware of with Marco? I think, uh, I think the big message, and this will go with both Marco and Laura is uh you know if you have family or friends down in that area 
uh, or if you actually are listening from down in that area, uh, really, really seriously need to heed the emergency manager's messages um, as as we're getting uh, as we're getting into that. And it looks like we're getting a local area weather warning here in for the uh, Chicago area. And that is oh, Indeed northeast of Page and Cook. Okay, so hey, just to add to the night, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, we needed that too. So exactly, we'll, well, we'll we let were, Bruce we deal with that one. Wrap. Yeah, we we were at a good place to wrap up this segment anyway. So I think I think Mother Nature is sending us a cue. Um, I think and, so too. We'll uh, pick we'll, up we'll that go. thought on the next segment. Exactly. So we're okay, folks, we're going to we're going to go take a look at our local thunderstorms that we have to deal with. And then we'll be back with another segment on uh, tropical system Laura. Hi, folks, we're back uh, from our little local weather break. Luckily, that severe thunderstorm looks like looks like it's going to stay south of Lake County. So we get to keep recording um, this segment. Uh, we wanted to talk about the second tropical system, which you've already mentioned. Uh, currently, tropical storm Laura uh, is forecast to strengthen and become a hurricane. Uh, current update from the National Hurricane Center as of 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, Laura's now over eastern Cuba, about 30 miles west of Guantanamo. Uh, maximum sustained winds are 60 miles an hour. Present movement west-northwest at about 21 miles an hour. Minimum central pressure is 1,000, excuse me, 1,000 millibars. Uh, let me take a look at the graphics here. So we are expecting this to move uh, over Cuba, uh, over the far southeast part of Cuba currently, and uh, unfortunately, get some get some time over water uh, along the southern coast of Cuba, which will allow it to strengthen some, and then pass over the uh, far western tip of Cuba and then into the Gulf, uh, where it's going to encounter much more favorable conditions and strengthen into hurricane strength by about 2 a.m. Wednesday, according to tonight's National Hurricane Center forecast. And uh, then uh, move on to impact the western Gulf Coast. Um, so that's that's the summary of the National Hurricane Center stuff. Dave, why don't you uh, why don't you get into our technical deep dive here? Okay. Well, um, again, as I think we had talked about earlier, the the two big keys on this uh, the land sea interaction as it uh, as, as it goes uh, skirting along the uh, southern uh, coast of Cuba and then over the western tip of Cuba. Um, that's going to certainly play some impact into how fast or how slow it develops. And then as it gets around that uh, subtropical ridge and you know, when it gets to the west of that, it's going to start uh, recurving and then moving more northward. And eventually after it comes on shore, moving more toward the north, uh, northeast, and then coming up towards the Ohio Valley. Now, this is a, over the course of the entire week that we're talking here that we've summed that up fairly quickly. But, um, you know, I think those are the two big key, uh, key uh, takeaways right now. Um, and then, of course, obviously the impact with Marco. Um, I think that right now the stronger of the two will probably be uh, Laura because it'll have uh, – it won't have the uh, – 
you have to deal with the effects of uh, of another storm off to the east of it uh, and potentially sapping its uh, its environment. So I think that's why you're seeing, number one, uh, the forecast track being so variable and, you know, the higher uncertainty in Marco, even though it's closer, where Laura behaving more like what I would expect a hurricane to do at this time of the year uh, coming up through the Gulf. Uh, the problems, of course, uh, you know, the big problem is we're still far out. We're looking at on, on uh, coming on shore sometime Wednesday evening, uh, overnight Wednesday. So there's still a lot of variability. And if you look, um, if you look at the National Hurricane Center uh, forecast tracks, you will see that as you scroll back in time, um, you know, earlier, uh, you know, Saturday evening, uh, Saturday evening, they had it coming on shore Wednesday morning um, near eastern Louisiana. Now we're talking western Louisiana uh, Wednesday night. So, you know, there still is quite a bit of wobble of uh, you know, a lot of things can happen that way. And there is even some of the outliers. Uh, you know, we were talking about the spaghetti plots uh, earlier, uh, looking at some of them that um, on the uh, afternoon runs were actually even a little bit farther east of what, uh, what the Hurricane Center is going with as their preferred track right at the moment. So uh, so time, time and interactions uh, between the two storms are going to be the uh, uh, the three big keys. What what's what's kind of uh, caught my attention, at least at the moment, this thing is moving at 21 miles an hour to the west northwest, which that's fairly quick for uh, for a tropical system uh, at this point in time. And obviously, that's going to slow down. I think as as it starts getting uh, past Cuba and starts getting into the interaction. So. Um, you know, one of the things that they talk about forecast-wise is when a storm starts to recurve, and your key to that, you know, it's moving right now at 21 miles an hour. When it starts showing a dramatic slowdown, that's your hint to really start uh, watching, uh, watching what the forecasts are doing, um, watching. Uh, yeah, that that's the indication that it's starting to recurve when it slows, and then as it starts accelerating again. Um, it's, uh, lining up onto that, uh, onto that, uh, more Northern track. Yeah, definitely. I was, I was looking, I did have a little time to take a closer look at, at Laura earlier today and, uh, it's become much, much better organized, uh, over the past 24 hours. The low and mid-level circulations are lining up better now. Um, but, you know, it's it's really going to be interesting to see exactly where it tracks along Cuba. Right now, it's it's coming on the uh, the southeast tip where there's a big area of mountains that can really sort of tear storms apart. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, um, you know, the, the track was much different, as you mentioned. It was it was further east. Um, and overall, with Laura, we've, we've seen the mean forecast tracks trend west over time. Uh at least over the past few days. Um, so where before it was, it was going to run all the way along Cuba um, and stay over land and, and uh, which would cause it to weaken further. Um, now, now it's got, you know, two shots at, at time over water. Um, oh, right. You know, which is going to, which is, gonna, which is going to be interesting. Um, yeah. You go back so this to, is, this bears, uh, go back I think 
you go back to Friday's forecast, and they were actually bringing Laura up off the on the northern end of Cuba, and then closer to the Florida mm-hmm. Keys. Whereas now, uh, it, meteorologically speaking, for us over the Midwest, you know, that's what maybe a hundred and twenty mile difference doesn't sound like a whole lot. Uh, although we know here, you know, snowstorms and that that can be a huge difference, but you know, tropical wise, again, because of the air sea interactions and everything else. That is a huge difference, and as you said, um, you know, may lead to some additional uh, early strengthening. Whereas, if it would have gone along the north side of Cuba, getting uh, that, uh, getting those mountains and disrupting that flow as it comes up, uh, you know, that southern feed into the system, could be a big difference. Yeah. So, so I think the point I was trying to get at is so depending on where this this uh, interacts with Cuba over the next uh, you know forty eight hours or so is really really going to determine uh, strength we see it at when it comes into the Gulf. Um, so and it's also going to make the seems, difference uh, on how it interacts with Marco. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, once once it's off Cuba and entering the Gulf, you know, it's it's got to steer between uh, a trough and a ridge synoptically. Plus, as you mentioned in the first segment, it's it's going to be interacting with uh, the remnants of Marco, which which are going to be, you know, heading west over the Gulf Coast into the Texas area at that point. Um, It may be pretty weak, but it's still going to have some kind of effect. Oh, it's going to have to have some kind of effect. And uh, you know, unfortunately, we've got the uh, two-edged sword with, you know, meteorologically, you try to avoid having to commit this far out to something like this because small differences, uh, you know, timing differences coming up into uh, into uh, coastal Louisiana can make a huge difference as to whether that surge is at high tide or at low tide. Um, track differences, uh, you know, a couple of miles one way or another may have a whole lot of difference as to how far inland the inundation and the, and the surge goes as to whether it's into, uh, into a lower terrain or something that maybe isn't quite as, uh, as, as low, you know, keeping in mind, everybody knows New Orleans is below sea level. So this far out you really have to pay attention and be willing to accept hey things are going to change it's it's not too you know it's it, it's not impossible to think that you know there's going to be some little changes here and there and maybe even significant changes uh here and there and, and the dilemma of course for uh for people living there for the emergency managers for FEMA for the whole 9 yards is we're at go time. And, and in fact, yesterday, as far as Marco goes, as far as I was concerned, yesterday was go time already because you have to, it's going to take time. Evacuations, we know, take time. Sheltering takes time. Uh, just general preparedness for people that aren't going to be leaving is going to take time. And the wild card this year, of course, is the pandemic. Um, the Louisiana governor last night, yeah. I heard him talk, was very clear about we do not expect to have the shelter capacity that we would have had last year because of the social distancing and everything else that we've got to deal with with the pandemic. And and so that's going to be, uh, if this thing really starts to get ugly and people are saying, I don't have any place to go, I've got to get out of here. Um, 
you know, the roads could get a lot clogged, more clogged up if, if evacuations have to change at the last second. Um, people that maybe decided to ride it out because and because of the pandemic. Now, all of a sudden, you have potentially uh, higher risk uh, rescue situations. A lot to watch. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, it's, you know, 12 hour difference in timing, 120 mile difference, difference in landfall. That's really going to make or break a lot of responses to this. So, I mean, I think, I think we're still at a point where, you know, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas are all in play. Um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, that's, and you brought it up before I got there. It's, it's 2020. Uh, we've got, we've got COVID-19. We've got all sorts of other regional and local, uh, issues going on for emergency management and, and, uh, you know, public safety and, you know, people, people are already tapped out in terms of resources. I mean, it's August, you know, it's, it's no matter where you are in the country, people have, you know, people have been at it, you know, using resources for eight months now. And, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be really, really tough, uh, to, to do the sheltering and the evacuation, um, in terms of capacity that that's needed. Uh, you know, it's, everybody's between a rock and a hard place right now and the human factors uh you know we can't we can get an idea and the emergency managers can get a feel for how people are going to be reacting but again i was hearing the governor of louisiana last night and saying that you know we we believe we have these resources that are going to work the way we think they're they're supposed to and you know they've tested them and they've exercised them and you know, certainly I believe that, but now we start throwing in the general populace into that, which you're predicated on, on to a certain extent, on on them behaving as you expect them to, and the pandemic certainly makes that a lot more of a challenge. And and again, uh, Governor of Louisiana last night, I heard him saying, you know, we always tell people be uh, be prepared with a three day supply of food, water, and and other supplies. And that applies up here in the Midwest too. When we're talking snowstorms, we always say 72 hours. And he was going on and saying, not this time. You really need to double that because we've got this potential double whammy. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're going to have people going out over the next four days or so, um, which is going to hit the supply chain hard. It's going to hit infrastructure hard. Um, you know, so this is, this is not your grandfather's hurricane response. Um, no, it it's, certainly it's isn't massively any. more complicated. And again, I'm going to say it again, like I said earlier, I think a lot of, you know, for the general public that's impacted, if you get family or if you're down, if you haven't started by now, it's too late. And that doesn't mean, uh, yeah, just especially give up. for, for Marco. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean just give up and hope for the best, but you know, it's like, you really got to be doing, hopefully we're doing it last night was go time already. And I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Um, anything else we need to pay attention with, with Laura, um, in terms of, you know, gotchas, uncertainties. Well, always, uh, just the amount of time that we are out from uh, landfall is going to create uncertainties. Uh, even, you know, even a major storm like uh, Katrina, you look at the amount of, uh, and, and I always say, you know, the bigger the storm, usually the more be- well-behaved they are, you know, relatively speaking in terms of trackability and forecastability. But, uh, you know, even that, uh, 
you know, we're still, we're still three to four days out yet. And there's just so much more that can happen. And as you said, you know, even through uh, Mississippi and Texas being in play for this, uh, you can't turn your back uh, on these things doing something unexpected. Exactly. And and people can't hear it on on the recording, I'm sure. But every time you say the K word, I'm knocking on wood. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's it's bad juju, Dave. It's bad juju. I I know. I was down um, there in November after it. And it was, uh, um, you know, for those of you that haven't been uh, seeing the aftermath of something like that live, you you don't want to. I I just can't imagine the people that had to go through it. And uh, uh, the devastation for Katrina was just something I, I I just can't believe. Yeah, you know, one question I have for you, and I, I don't expect you to have the answer. I don't expect anybody to have the answer. But you know, we've been dealing with so many national, regional, and local level emergencies over the past year. Uh, people are fatigued. People have tuned out. Um, you know, I haven't seen the Weather Service or or anybody at any level of government do anything beyond their normal messaging plans. I mean, how do, how do you think we're supposed to reach people in this kind of environment? Keep up with uh, consistent messaging to me is huge. And so, you know, do we need to do special things and say, well, this one's a little more special than they're all special. So, um, you know, certainly I think what the Weather Service is doing is getting the messaging out, getting and staying consistent so that what what it always what it always has been uh, so we don't cause confusion. Yes. Do you maybe need to take in and consider different things? with uh because of the pandemic and because of the you may have to but um that's certainly on a case-by-case basis now you know when we had the derecho that came through uh the chicago area the other week and one of the things that uh, one of the emergency managers uh, made a comment on as people were discussing that in uh, various chat rooms is like Hey, you know, we've got a problem right now with all these restaurants that uh, have all this outdoor seating and all these tents out. And if they don't take action on that stuff, we're going to have uh, tents all over the state and probably halfway to Michigan. So you've got some of that that you've got to think about. Uh, I'm I'm fairly confident just based on some of the things that I've heard that the emergency management uh, agencies uh, uh, along the Gulf are getting that extra messaging out. But fatigue you just I, I don't know what else you can do you just keep you just keep uh, putting the message out keep reinforcing it and and you have to go from there and we can't uh, you know you can't uh, go knocking on doors any more than you already would be uh, to get the message out yeah exactly and I, I I'm sure at the regional and local level efforts are efforts are really you know a lot greater than we're seeing uh, you know at a national at a national level um oh, absolutely. you know and, and you brought up the derecho you brought up the derecho in Iowa and you know i I guess that's where my concern stems from is that you know Iowa was basically you know so far down the list on the national news cycle 
um, that, you know, most people weren't paying attention to just how bad it got there. Um, and I, I am, I'm afraid that we're going to see the same effect this hurricane season where, you know, these are these are normally, you know, big national stories that would get airtime during prime time, prime time and and banner headlines on on websites. And, um, you know, it's it's below the fold, metaphorically speaking. You've got um, two presidential conventions. One just ended. Another one's going to start. Now, there can be good and bad from there. Obviously, bad, like you said, in that this isn't going to get the news cycle that maybe it might need, especially if this really turns out to strengthen a lot more. On the plus side, um, you may also have the side benefit of, you know, people will be getting the messaging out that has to get out. It has to get out right. And you're not going to have somebody out there trying to, hey, I want, I, I got to get on my news bite, my news feed, because I want to be first. You know, this, it's, yeah, important, I, it's important I, to be yeah. right. So you may filter out some of the extreme noise and compact it into this is the message that has to go. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, before we wrap up, any fun weather geek, you know, just plain interesting phenomena going on with these two storms? Or is it just the usual run of the mill, you know, hurricane forecast uncertainty? For now, I think it's more of the everything we always know with hurricane forecasting. It's got to shape up a little bit more. The challenge being, obviously, uh, the closer in, the more accurate we're going to get. But the demands of evacuations, sheltering, uh, emergency managers, uh, corporate continuity of operations plans, all of that requires a longer and longer lead time that takes out you know, the longer or farther out we get, the more variability that can come into the forecast, but the message has to start now. Definitely. Uh, so I think that's about it for tonight. What do you think? I think we've, uh, I think we've uh, gotten it for now. It's a matter of uh, letting okay. it shake out for 24 hours or so and see what happens. Exactly. So, uh, thanks for joining me tonight, Dave. Um, let everybody know we're, we're gonna, we're going to be putting out more updates on the situation as our time allows, uh, just so that, you know, there's, there's one more place for this discussion to, uh, to get some attention. So thanks for joining us tonight, folks, and we'll be back talking at you soon. Thanks for listening to the Hot Air Weather Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Hot Air Weather or Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hot Air Weather.